today's uh, today's class is being learned in the schos of Rivka Aleha Shalom Basi Badalachayim Tev Maruchim Harab Yisrael Hakain. Today is her yard site. And um, our learning today, among many other things, I'm sure, should give her the aliyah. And um, by connecting with her, we should experience an aliyah. I also want to mention, um, because there are a number of people who are part of this class, whose classmate and um, dear friend, um, Sima Bas. Mordechai um, are very aware that her Leviah is taking place right now. And we want to mention that and that our learning should be as for her among the many schosim that she has. Um, and I'll just say very, very quickly that aside from Sima being a girl that you could always count on for a good laugh she was real before that was even a term. She was real and she had her head on screwed very tightly. Um, and I'll, I'll just say um, that among the many things that the Rifkin family did, um, Sima was LaBase Rifkin um, and the Carp family, uh, they donated wall coverings uh, from their factory to Chabad houses. Uh, simply, if you were if you were building a Chabad house and you needed wall coverings, they would donate those wall coverings. It was a tremendous value, and it was wall coverings that will last many lifetimes. Um, I know this from personal experience. No matter how much abuse it takes, nothing happens to it. Um, but Sima uh, facilitated this with so much love, so much devotion, so much care to detail. She had an eye. Um, for interiors, and although she may not have been a trained interior decorator, she was wicked good at that and um, helped Chabad Binghamton amongst many, many other maestas, and that's just one tiny thing. She was involved in Tenyat from the very beginning to help um, Kala set up their homes, and in general was a person who was steadfast in, 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 in everything that um, you know, that, that we stand for as, as Neshe Chabad, and um, it's heart-rending. And uh, we need Mashiach now, immediately. Okay, so we'll begin our Sicha now. This is the kind of Sicha, again, we just can't help but feel so overwhelmingly privilege that we get to learn on this level. And I so often I think I, I feel so bad for people who never get to taste of this. And I hope that everybody will taste of this and very, very, very soon. Aleph. It was explained many times. That there is a inherent connection in everything having to do with Torah between the beginning and the end. 
and this is in consonance with what's written in Sefer Yitzira, the, I think, earliest uh, book of Kabbalah, attributed uh, sometimes to Adam Harishain, sometimes to Avram Avinu. And in the Sefer Yitzira, it says, that the end is in wedged in the beginning, and the beginning in the end. And so, of course, it is this way with the Torah Shibachtav. So the Rebbe says, for sure, it is this way with Torah Shibachtav, that there is a connection, an important connection between, a, a thematic connection between the beginning and the end of every Sefer, every one of the five Sfarim, and there is a thematic connection between the beginning and the end of every parsha. And so it is with our parsha, And Kevon Shasium Haparsha, who Saifan Hain de Sefer Vayikra Vahing, the Parsha Bichukhaisai. And because the conclusion of this parsha is the end of both the parsha and the Chumish Vayikra. Sarah Leimar, we must say, Sheyeshna Nikuda Mishutefet bin Haskala Sefer Vayikra, Haskala's Parshat Bechukaisai, the Seif Parshat Bechukaisai. So we must say that there is a sheared theme, a sheared conceptual point of departure between the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, the beginning of Parshat Bechukaisai, and the end of Parshat Bechukaisai, which is also the end of Chomish Vayikra. The Khan Roim Anu Davar Pella. And the Rebbe says, and in this idea of no Seifan Bitchilasan Bitchilasan Bisaifan, we see something wondrous. Api Biuran Shalaskala is the Sefer Vayikra, the Deparsha Bhukhoisai Bilakuti Taira. When you look at the explanations, the Maimorium and Lakuti Taira on the beginning of Ayikra and the beginning of the Khukhoisai, the Parsha's Hachasidus, the Shavuas Elu. Rebbe reminds us that the Lakuti Tere is called the Hasidisha Parsha. The, the Hasidisha way to understand every Parsha is from Lakuti Tere. So when you look at the Maimorim of these weeks, Mizbar Hetev Ketzad Beis Hascholos Hamubo Oresham Betoichan Shove He Befchinas Nodes Besoifan Besium de Parsha Senu. Then you will have explained well, you will see, and it will be crystal clear how the two beginnings, the beginning of the Parsha of the Chukhoisai and the beginning of Chomish Vayikra, which are explained in a way that is thematically connected and how you'll see how connected they are to the end, to the Soifan, how it's Nodes B'Soifan. And you'll see this when you look at how the end of our Parsha is explained. And here in Lukut Eteri, you will also see this rule, this corollary, that is not Seifan Bitchilasan, Loirak ben And that this is true not only in the Ter Shibachtav, but it's true also in the Kut in the Hasidic Parsha. The same theme that is explained regarding the beginning of Ayikra and the beginning of Parshat Duchu are explained also 
at the end of Parshas Bechu Kaisan the Davar Pelagodomizet. And there's even a more wondrous thing the Rebbe says I want to point out to you, and that is the Teresh Bechtav Hasim de Parshas Bechu Kaisan who Gamasim de Sefer Vayikra. As already mentioned, when we look at Teresh Bechtav, the end of Bechukhaisa is the end of this week's parsha, and it's also the end of Chumash Vayikra. Aval but in the Kriteria, there are additional maimorim, appendices, addendum, whatever you want to call it, that appear in the Kriteria after the, the um, maimorim of Parshat B'chukhaisai, and we see if you look at the very last maimor in the Haisafais, in the, in the addendum, in the appendix, midubar aldbar ha'inin hanal. There it also talks about the same theme that is spoken of at the end of Parshas B'chukhoisai, which is connected to the beginning of Parshas B'chukhoisai and also to the beginning of Chomish Vayikra, Beis. So that was just the, you know, introduction. Hashaychus no'od seifam b'tchilasan b'pashtos b'in haskala seifam v'yikra l'bein so the Rebbe says simply the connection between the beginning and the end of Chomish Vayikra, the way in which it's not Seifam Bitchilasan, is the following. Sefer Vayikra Paseach Bidine Karbanis. Vayikra begins with halachis concerning Karbanis. Adam Kiyakrav Mikem Karban Lahashem Goimer, famous Pasuk, when a person from amongst you will offer a sacrifice to Hashem. Or, as Hasidus explains, when a person will sacrifice from yourself a carbon Hashem, that's the first pasuk. The gab besiyum sefer vayikra medubar ideis base sukei karbanos. And at the end of chumish of of, parsh, of the chumish vayikra, it also speaks about karbanos. Specifically, it speaks about the carbon of the bechor that the firstborn animal has to be brought as a carbon to Hashem, and meiser behema. The fact that you would count your livestock and every tenth animal would have to go as a carbon to Hashem, Meister Behema. So those are the two carbonites with which Chomish Vayikra ends. And Chomish Vayikra begins with the general opening pasuk about carbonates in general. The Chayban Shadavka based carbonates Elu Muskarim Besaifan, sorry, shall say Vayikra. And because it's Dafka, these two particular carbonates from so many. There are so many different types of karbanis, but because it's these two karbanis that I mentioned at the end of Sefer Vayikra, Sarach we must say, Shabahem mishtakev klolos inin karbanis hamedubar betchila Sefer Vayikra. We have to say that it is through these two particular types of karbanis that the general idea of karbanis that is spoken of at the beginning of Sefer Vayikra is expressed and is reflected in these two specific types, and the explanation is as follows. So if you look at these two karbanes, Rebbe says, what's the difference between the bechor that you have to bring as a karban and the maiser behema, the tenth animal that you have to bring? The difference is, that a bechor has intrinsic holiness attached to, to himself. 
Milmaila Humiskadesh, the Cholal of Shame Kadesh. It is from above because Hashem said that the Bechor is going to have an additional measure of Kedusha. So from above, his Kedusha comes to him. And this additional aspect or dimension of sanctity is not dependent on any overture from the person themselves. In contradistinction, the Kedusha of Meiser, that's dependent on a person's action, on, on a person's Avedah. A person has to count their livestock. They would put their livestock in a pen and they would slowly allow the livestock to the animals to, to file past them. And the 10th one had to be kind of pulled out of line, as it were, and put in a separate pen and would be brought as a korban. And it's only after the person counts, the azai, and only then, then the 10th becomes holy. And in our times, this idea is even more deeply recognized. Because even today, in our pre-temple era, the Kedusha of the Bechar remains inherent and intrinsic. In contradistinction, the Kedusha that is attributed to the 10th animal, not so. Because today, it, it's not today practically observed. Because Chachamim made a Gezerah that we don't do that now in the time that we don't have the Besamekesh. And through this, we will understand more deeply and therefore more sweetly the order in the trajectory. When the Torah lists these two karbanes, the Bechar is listed first and afterwards is listed Meiser Behema. When it comes to the general Aveda of karbanes, of sacrifices, of offerings, which is really all about coming close to godliness. So first, there's an order. First, there's a hamshacha, there's an overture, there's an effluence of holiness that comes from above downward. So this is the Indian, this is the idea, the theme of the Bechor, right? It's not something that the person does. Hashem decides which child is going to be Bechor, which animal is going to be the Bechor. And only after that, and only after that is it possible for there to be the work, the service of the person, which is from below upwards. And this is uh, expressed or embodied in the idea of miser. The person has to do something towards this carbon. And now we're in a position to more deeply understand the connection between the end of Sefer Vayikra 
and the beginning of Sefer Varikar, which begins with the Pasuk Adam Kiyakrim Mikem Karban Lahashem. Bilkuti Terim Mavur, Baltarab explains Bilkuti Terim, She Adam Kiyakrim Mikem Karban Lahashem, Koi Al Masha Adam Ha'elyon Mikariv as Adam Shalamata Le'elikus. The Altarab explains that in that Pasuk Adam Kiyakrim Mikem, which Alpipshat, and even according to levels of Hasidus, is understood as a person being makrif something. But Altarebbe says, Adam there also means Adam Elyon, the Abishter, God. Mikarev is Adam Shalomata, that Hashem brings close to the person. Hashem causes an inspiration to arise. To come towards godliness. That every korban actually begins with an sarusa dela'ela. It begins with an overture from above. From the animal, you will bring close your korban. So the first part of the Pasuk, Adam Kiyakov Mikem, speaks about Hashem beginning this process by making it arise in our thought process and in our emotions that we should want to come close to Hashem. And then when the Pasuk says, that refers to the carbon that a person has to bring with his own avoida, with his own service, from his nefesh Bahamas, and that is the sarusa dilatata. So um, just very, very quickly to mention that like every time a person feels moved or inspired to do something in Kedusha, we have to realize that this is like mamish, a, a gift from the Abishtha, the Abishtha, <laughs> interrupted all the other things and and tapped us on the shoulder and caused in is, an Isarusa de la Ela to awaken us so that we would have this feeling. It's not a Pashita thing. It's not just because uh, we're so holy or we're, you know, etc., or, or so conditioned. And so this. Isarusa de la Ela, which is followed by Isarusa de la Tata, this exact order in the most general sense, pursuant to all Karbanais, is in line with what the Rebbe said earlier, the two types of Karbanais that are discussed at the end of Sefer Vayikra, Bechor, which is Kadosh Milmaila, this is the Indian of Isarusa de la Ela, Umaiser Behema, Kadosh Aliyadeya Adam. And then the second carbon at the end of, of Chomish Vayikra, of Sefer Vayikra, is Maiser Behema. And this is a Kedusha that is conferred upon the animal through a human being's overture. Seif Gimel. For those of you that joined us, we're in Bechukhoi Sai Gimel in Chelek Yudzayin. So these two things, Bechor, Esarusa Dela Ela, or Maiser, Esarusa Dela Tata, Kayamim Gam Ba'adam Gufa. So Rebbe said these two modalities, these two strains, this binary exists 
in the person themselves. Because until now we were saying that one of these strains, one of these aspects is the Abishter and one is the person's reciprocal response. But now the Chava says, actually both are also found within each person. Habachar, echodhu, vim yesh rabim, harehu harishain, bizuhi bechinas chachma. So the whole inin of the Bechar is singular. If there's a lot of, uh, if more than one child is being uh, born at that time, if it's a multiple birth, then it's the first one that comes out that is the Bechar. And this is correlated al pichasidus with the inin of Chachma. Like it says, sanctify for me every firstborn. So it's explained that the idea of sanctifying the Bechor, that this idea of Kadesh is Bechinas Chachma. Chachma is the first of all of the, the modalities, all of the Midas, all of the Spiros. The Elu, the, I'm sorry, the Elu Meiser, Kayim Davka, Kishiyeshna Masara. On the other hand, the whole idea of Meiser can only exist when you have 10. Which is the Avoida that is done through all of the 10 modalities, through all of the 10 um, aspects of our inner landscape. The so when it comes to when it comes to Meiser, which is the Indian of Eser, we're saying that there is a imperative, there's an obligation that all 10 should be involved, especially the last one, which is the one that reveals and is the segue and the bridge to Machshava Dibar Meiser, that all of them, they should all be holy. And we're not just talking about a spectacularly holy person. We're talking about a Benini, a uh, middle of the road, um, average person. And so therefore, two things. So it comes out then that two things. Number one, the Bechor. This aspect that is that does not necessitate and does not depend on human action, service, or overture. This is the Chachma Shebenefesh. And Hasidus explains that the Chachma Shebenefesh is the Mesiris Nefesh. And this Mesiris Nefesh comes as a, a birthright. It comes as an heirloom. It is our inheritance. We have it. It's inherent to who we are. And then there's Bez, the second thing, there's Kedusha's Bechor. There's the idea of the Bechor. That's Kayemis Gam Bizman Hagalos, Shari Bechinas Chachmahanal Shabanefesh Kayemis Tamid Bishlemus. So until now, we were saying that we were focusing on the Bechar as being inherent and not something that's dependent on what we do or we don't do. But the second aspect that the Rebbe wants to underscore that it also doesn't depend on what era we're in. 
It doesn't depend on or not. This is Kayemes Tomit Bishlemus. That constantly the Chachmash of Nefesh, the Messias Nefesh, exists. But when you juxtapose this against the other type of Korban, the Maisa Behema, you see that there's a difference. Here we're already talking about aspects of the inner self that are different for every person in every case because they depend on our Aveda. And so therefore, there's also going to be a time, there's going to be a difference in the era. There's a difference between the time of the Beis Hamikdash, when Hashem was revealed in, 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 in an open and manifest way, to the time of Golos. And Golos, the obfuscation of Elokos, comes because of our Chatayim. And with this information, we're now in a position to look more closely at the connection between the end of Bechukaisei and the beginning of Parshas Bechukaisei. What's the first Pasuk of Parshas Bechukaisei? If you will walk in the ways of my statutes and you will keep my mitzvahs. The Altareb explains in Lukati Torah, the words, you will walk in my, the ways of my statutes. This refers to a service that is without parameters and with, that's infinite, that's ongoing. Why? Because it's mitzad bechinas chakika shebeneshama because it comes from an aspect that is engraved in our neshama. My statutes, my chukim, is etymologically related to the idea of chakika, of being engraved. It is related to the shayrash haneshama, the root of the soul. The way in which the root of the soul is engraved above, is connected deeply and chiseled out of the above. But because this infinite um, forward movement, this this unceasing ambulation forward, ha'hiluch, comes because of the shayash ha'neshama, because of the root of the neshama. But the person is found down here within a guf gashmi. It's impossible that this forward movement should be sustained in a way where it does not stand and is not sustained. It can only happen if the person, the neshama embodied in a guf, in this 
lower existence will create a clea, will create a vessel through his or her own service. Vizehu, and what is this vessel that Altarab explains in the Kotitara? Ves mitzvah say tishmoyu, that you will keep my mitzvahs. Al yidei avoidus ha mitzvahs kan lemata, through our avoidus with mitzvahs in this lower existence. The person creates the vessels, creates the modalities through which it keeps guard over and it grants longevity to the infinite progression. It makes it possible for it to endure eternally. And this it comes from a very lofty place, but in order for it to be sustained, it, it only can happen through the mitzvahs that become the kalim for watching over this forward movement and sustaining it, that it should endure eternally. And these two modalities, the idea of infinite forward movement that is possible and is attributed to the root of our soul. And on the other hand, the second aspect of us doing the Avaita, the mitzvah, that we do in our physical temporal existence. They relate to the two things that we spoke about earlier that are at the end of the parsha. Bechor, the meiser bechor. I'm sorry, the korban bechor. Chachma shebenefesh, which is correlated with chachma, which is correlated with mesiras nefesh, which is inherent to every Jew. And then the second thing, the meiser behema, the eser kaychas nefesh, that is correlated with the ten kaychas of our nefesh. Doubt. Yedua hakla. Now the Rebbe says, and it's also known, another axiom that the Rebbe speaks about so often, that everything the Gemara says will be judged kind of and will be remembered and will be reckoned by the way it culminates, by the way it ends. That's why you always want to have a very strong ending. Or some people, not part of my religion, are very, very medoctic with the dessert because that's the last part of the meal. And that's what people, you know, are going to remember. And because the conclusion, the end of Sefer Vayikra is Davka with Korban Maiser Behima, we must say, And we have to, right? The Rebbe always says that nothing happens by happenstance and nothing is just because. And of course, something has to be second because <laughs> that's just the way it is. Not everything could be first. But by the Rebbe, it's, it's not like, okay, whatever, this is first, this is second, this is third. Obviously, there's something very deep happening here. So we have to say that this, the, the, this korban that is, second, that is mentioned second, the Meister Behima, comes after the mention of the korban Bechar, not because that's just the way it is, 
Shetchila ba isarusa dulaela bechor ba ahakachavodes adam meiser. So the Rebbe already gave us a, a deeper reason, and still the Rebbe says it's not just because. This mirrors the fact that in order for there to be a sarusa de la tata, the first has to be a sarusa de la ela. And the idea of Bahar is this sarusa de la ela. Elagam, but more vipnesha yeshna maila bikedusha haba al yadea voida al piakedusha haba mil maila. The Rebbe says it's more so. There is an advantage to the korban maiser behema. There's an advantage to the service that we offer from below over the overture from above. And that's why the Chumash and the Parsha ends with that Indian of Korba Meiser Behemoth. Because this is the whole tachlis, this is the whole goal, this is the whole reason, this is the crescendo of everything, is our avoda. And once we understand this, we understand how this connects also to the, the order of things, the trajectory that we find at the beginning of Sefer Vayikra and at the beginning of Parshas Bechukais. That the mention of our Avoida comes only after the mention of what the Abishter does, Adam Kiyakriv. That Adam Elian, that the Abishter is the one who draws close to a person and instigates this Isarusa Dilatata. Now, this is true. This is true not only on utilitarian, pragmatic grounds, because as explained earlier, that without the Sarusa de la Tata, the Isarusa de la Ela will not sustain itself. It won't have staying power. And after a short amount of time, the power of this Rosa de la Ela will dissipate, it will evaporate, it will end. Rebbe says it's not only because this Arusa de la Tata has to practically follow this Arusa de la Ela in order to create a stability to this Arusa de la Ela, a longevity factor, staying power. power. No. Elagam mipneshezehu seder de ma'alin bakoidesh. But this is true that this Arusa de la Tata has to come after this Arusa de la Ela because we have another axiom, and that is Malin Bakoidesh. We are always going higher, hopefully, in Tvarim Shepakadusha, in holiness. And Yeshna Ilui Bisarusa Dilatata Avaidisa Adam, Legabi Ma Sheba Mitzad Isarusa Dilaela. And there is an Ilui, there is an exaltedness, there is a superiority in the Isarusa Dilatata that dwarfs this Arosa de la Ela. And you see the same thing repeat itself 
at the beginning of Parshas Bechol Kaisai. The words, Ves Mitzvaisai Tishmaru, it's not only, as we've already explained, a shmira. It's, it's um, something to guard over uh, this um, inspiration and this kayach, so it shouldn't just evaporate. And that there should be longevity to that you will progress in, inf- in an infinite way, in a constant way, an eternal way in my statute. But rather, in the mitzvahs, in our keeping the mitzvahs, there is an aliyah that is higher than the aliyahs that are possible through and we have to understand we said that the Indian of is connected to Chakika, to being engraved. Until the highest level of engraving, which is the letters that are in the essence of the soul. As Al-Dreb explains that is connected to a, a high, the highest madrig of Chakika, which is the engraving of the letters of Atzmus or Ein Seif in the Etzem Hanishama. And we're talking about onward progression in Cain, so what can possibly be the content of the advantage of what is higher than Chakika of Isis of Atmos in the Etzem HaNefesh? Like, where do you go from there? What tops that? Hey, Basbara Bizarre explanation is in what we said earlier, that in order for the Dissarusadilla to have staying power, in order for it to be stable and continuous and something you can depend on, you need to have this Rusadil Tata. The Rebbe says, but there's something that's completely difficult to understand in that paradigm. Why? It's well known and documented, and you look, look in the footnotes, there's a few footnotes from other places in the Kote Sichas, that this Arusa de la comes from an aspect of the divine that is not at all connected to and cannot be grasped by anything below. So it's a little bit like, um, I remember probably like maybe a month or two months ago, we spoke about this idea of that really only the Abishta has Bechira and we referenced that amazing poem from um, Josh, from Yeshua November. So the same idea that when something comes from the Abishter, it comes from a Drega that has no shaykhs to anything going on here below. 
It comes only from God's kindness. So once we understand that, it's difficult. So if this is an overture that is completely impervious to anything we do down here and was not at all stimulated by any of our service down here, so why should it be necessary for us to do something down here in order to give it kiyum, in order to give it lasting effect? It would seem. Just like this did not necessitate any overture on our part in order to come down, so too, it should be that it should not necessitate, it should not depend upon anything we do down here in order to sustain it. In other words, it, 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 it comes from a different place. It's of a different madrigo altogether. What shaykhis does it have to, to our avoida? Rifki? Mm-hmm. Isn't the answer in the question? I'm, I'm meaning I'm not understanding why it's, it seems obvious that because it doesn't come down here, it needs an Isarusa dilatata. Meaning it, just it does said, come down here. It's just not dependent on anything we do down here. It does come down here. But, but, the, but the issue is that it doesn't have a kiyum without uh, Isarusa Dolatata kind of to, to capture it and stabilize it. Isn't that the answer? Because it doesn't have a key on that can capture and stabilize it? But, but, the, but the answer is, why should it be that way? In other words, if it's independent in its source, in right. other words, there's nothing we do down here that makes it come. So why should it be dependent on what we down here do down here to remain steadfast? Is the question that it it won't exist or is the question of what impact will it have? Because it's about the impact because it will exist without, because clearly it exists without. So it seems, uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding the question because it seems like we're saying, well, how is it going to exist if we don't create a to give it staying power, but really it will exist regardless. Just the impact of it will be different if we harness it and do something with it versus if we just allow it to be and then to surround us and then to dissipate because we never did anything with it. Yeah, but what's the point of it if we never did anything with it? Let's go further. Let's okay. go further because the is going to give us the answer. <laughs> And you can't say that this Rusadilla doesn't have staying power because of some chesaron in us. Because as we already said, it 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 doesn't it doesn't come from us and it's not connected to us, and there's no connection to the, the importance of what we do down here. So what's the answer? And simply, it seems the answer to this, as explained in the Kutitera, is, is, is as follows. 
Because our inspiration, the way in which we are impacted or aroused, comes only because of this and not because we changed, because of some hazaza, because of some movement down here. Then, when the Ha'ara El Yaina, when this is a Rusadullah, when the light from above that only illuminates in Ace Rutzain in very particular times, when it will leave, when it will be bottle, when it goes bye-bye, then the love that is generated by this light will also evaporate. And so in order for it to have staying power, we have to invest something of ourselves in it. The Yumtuk Yaser, Vav, and this will be uh, understood more deeply and sweetly, based on what is explained in Lakutit Ter at the end of our Parsha. Know from where you came and to where you are going. So the Altarab explains that an Moira al Gashmi, that when it says Ula An, this Madrega of An is a reference to the physical temporal world. Masha'inke in a contradistinction, Ayin Albachinas Ayin Basa. The word Ayin refers to the Bechina, to the modality of Chachma, that is higher and transcends all parameter and distinction and geographic location and temporal space, etc. So This refers to the source of the, of the soul that is drawn from this Bechina, from this modality, from this transcendent place called Ayin. And to where you're going, on Ka'i, this refers to the reward that the Neshama will get in the times of Tchias Hamisim. And that Schar, Tchias Hamisim, will take place in this Olam Hagashmi. And this is a wonder. The reason the neshama comes down, the al explains the Tanya is not because the neshama needs tikkun, but because it needs aliyah. How is it possible that the schar that the neshama gets after it comes down, and we said it comes down to get an aliyah, how is it possible that the schar for this, that it should crescendo where? In An, An is a is a gosh mystical place. Lichair, the gosh mystical place is lower than the ayin from which the neshama heralded to begin with. Right? And the aliyah, this is the aliyah in a mokim gashmi in an that lichair seems lower than the ayin from which the neshama came. Or meturet sham, the Altrab explains there, shedavka ba'an, mokim gashmi, that dafka in the physical 
realm. Kayemes hamayla the dear That's where you have the advantage of dear betachtoinim. Dafka kan lamata yish gilui or einsayif. Dafka here below is the revelation of the infinite light. In whose presence, spirituality and the physical are exactly equal. And this is higher even than the level of ayin, which is a shayish hanishama. So this is an idea that Hasidus illuminates for us over and over and over again. That there's, of course, Shamayim, there's Aretz, there's Ruchnius, there's Gashmius, but then there's a place or there's a level before whom both are equal. Both Gashmius and Ruchnius are equally distant or equally close to the epicenter of all. And that is Dafka in this world in the Dear This is to say, So you will always know that it'll always come back to atmos, right? That every um, everything that seems that it cannot be reconciled, right? Whenever you have two paradigms that seem antithetically opposed to each other, but in atmos, they will always be able to coalesce. They will always be reconciled because that hovers above all distinctions. So dafka bavaitis adam nishlemes kavanas ha'atzmos lamayla be'enarech me'ayin dechachma. It's dafka here in this world that the avayda of a person is fulfilled, is able to fulfill completely the intention of the abishter, of atzmos, which is much, much higher than the ayin of chachma which is the source of our neshama. And what was the kavan of atzmos? The most essential kavana of the Abishtar comes to fruition through our creating for the Abishtar a dear b'dachtayim. And like the Altachabe finishes off the maimer, atika kadisha. And this is the modality of Atika Kadisha, the pnimius of Keser, the highest aspect of Keser. The Atik who hatainu dilamaila, that Atik or Atika is an Indian that hovers higher even than Chachma. It's where there is Ratzain and Tainuk. This is the Tainuk dilamaila, the Nisave. This is the Abishra's pleasure. This is what the Abishra desired. And therefore, the schar for this avoid making a So the schar has to be in a gashmistical place. As we know that the schar should always be correlated with the avoida. So the schar has to be in the place of the avoida, in the level of the avoida, in the modality of the avoida, which is dafke here. So now we're circling back to understand what we were asking before. 
How is it possible that our puny overtures here should actually be able to quote unquote stabilize Hashem's overture, really? But the Rebbe says, but now we can understand how our avoid lamata can affect the effulence that comes from a transcendent place, from Hashem's kindness. Because kol milmaila Because all the hamshachas that come from above come in a way of, or from the level of lights and revealed lights. Shebehem yeshmokem and on that level, there is place for variation and gradation and plurality. But when you're talking about the avoida of the person, now you're talking about expression of Hashem's most essential kavana. The kavana zu hi lemaila afilo misarosadila and this kavana is higher even than Isarosadila. And just very, very quickly, over and over, certain um, aspects speak to me about the pre and post Gimel Tammuz experience. It's like before Gimel Tammuz, it was in the in the Bechina of Iris and Giluyim. And, and, and there were variation and there were gradations. And there were certain people that we know famously got a lot of Kiruvim from the Rebbe. And certain people were, spoke to the Rebbe more than others and so on and so forth. Some people were Zaychetikadalar, some people were not, and so on and so forth. But now, but now we're operating in this post Gimel Tamus transient, very transient time, we're operating on a different level where there's no shinuyim klal uklal, because now it's about the avoida of fulfilling the kavana. And this, all of us have equally. There is no variation. There are no gradations. Anybody that wants has the schus to be able to fulfill the kavana, because now we're talking about atzmus. And there's no limitations. And this is higher even than Isarusa de la and because an Isarosa de Latata can reach Atmos Lamaila Mishinuyim, which is higher than variation, That's why it can stabilize and concretize and give longevity to Zarusa de Laela. And through this, we can now understand. This also explains and illuminates why, in the Kutik Torah, at the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, Mamshech he continues after he elaborates and he explains that it's only through Sarusadilatata that there's a Davar Hamiskayim. There is something that remains. There he says, Magas Ad reaches the level, these are words from Shmuel Aleph, but it reaches the level where we're not talking about Adam. And 
This is the reason, the innermost reason for why this Rusatilatata can affect Akim to Isa Rusatila Ela, which seems so counterintuitive and impossible. Just as it is above, that the pleasure of Atmos, the Nisave, comes dafka through the work of the Adam Lamata, so too is this reflected in our own psyche. This is so beautiful and fascinating. The Gemara says, Adam a person would rather have one portion of something that belongs to them than nine portions of something that doesn't belong to them or that they receive, they freeloaded. Why? And this is because our tainuk and ratzain comes through what we have accomplished through our own work and our own toil. That which we receive from above, because Hashem is kind and it's free kindness, and we did not earn, so listen to this. The reason that we can't feel that satisfaction and happiness and um, validation and whatever other terms you want to use, we can't feel that from something we acquired by way of present or inheritance or just because somebody was in a good mood to what we acquire through our own overture. This reflects the truth about the Abister's Tainuk. The Abister can only have true satisfaction through our Avoida. <laughs> What does it mean, Adam It means that the Pnimis Haratzain are Tainuk, and Tainuk and Ratzain are the transcendent aspects. They cannot be qualified, they cannot be quantified. They're, they're overarching. And they're actually what really starts the whole process in our cognition and then trickles down into our emotion. It all comes from the Ratzain and the Taino. And that is tied up in Avoida, in the Kav Shalai. And this is true for us because this is true for the Abishar. So we started with saying that our overture here stabilizes the Sarasatul Ela. Then the Rebbe asked, why should this be? So the Rebbe explained, that's because our Aveda comes from a place that's even higher than Yisrosa Delayla. And now the Rebbe is saying, it's more than that. It's that our Aveda and only our Aveda can give the Abishter Atik, can give the Abishter, can, can reach the highest level, can reach the level of Tainu Gavratzein. Also at the end, 
in the Hisafis of Balakuti Tayrasi for Vayikra, we find reference to the same Indian. Sham Mivor, there it is explained. Shayyim HaKippurim, Shabbos Shabbosim, right? Yom Kippur is called Shabbos Shabbosim, the Shabbos of all Shabbos, Shabbos on steroids. Hu HaTainug HaAtzmi. So there it's explained that Yom Kippur is about the essential pleasure. She'enoi Murkov Me'inyan Acher Klal. That is not generated by is not generated by anything else, is not diluted by anything else. It's not an amalgam. It's pure. So it's such a high place. It's such a pure place. It's such an undiluted place. It's such a simple place that you can't eat, you can't drink, you can't engage in other bodily pleasures. But then Chassidus explains, But after Yom Kippur, and remember, of course, Mal and Bakaydish were always going higher. So after this pure, pristine, exalted place comes Sukkis, Shmini Atzeres. Asher az nimshach hatainu b'makifim v'kein achakach b'pnimiyem. And we know that Sukkis is all about being mamshich, supernal light, first, on a level that hovers over us and surrounds us. That's the Indian of sukkah, and then it has to be nimshach in pnimim. It has to come in an internal way. That's the Indian of the Dalit minim. And that is why Hasidim don't just shake in the different directions, but every time they go in a different direction, they bring it back to their heart. To, to, to speak to this idea and reflect this idea of bringing the kaychas to Pneumius. That the Indian of knowing Hashem, your father, and serving it with your heart should be with a whole heart and with a willing soul. In a way that reaches the innermost aspect of Hashem's Ratzin, his pleasure. And in these words, those are the words with which the Alter Rebbe finishes the last Maimer, the Haisafis. And this is connected to the way the Alter Rebbe finishes the Maimer. He finishes with the words Atika Kadisha, the highest level of Keser. The Atik who Atmos Hatainuk. And Atik, again, is tied up with the Indian of the innermost level of Atmos, which is Tainuk. And it's known, Shashmini Atzeres, who Hashemen, Baha Essentia. Nikudas hatamtis the chol chaydish tishrei. Shmini atzeres is the oil that rises to the to the top. It's the essence. It is the most concentrated aspect of the whole chaydish tishrei. Olafizet zarech loimar. And so when we understand this, we have to say shenefesh chafetz and the sukkos of shmini atzeres. He lemayla mehatayinu kabilti morkav diyamekipurim. So even though Yom HaKippurim has this 
essential, non-diluted, non-dependent, pristine holiness about it. But Shemini Atzeres is even higher. And it's not understood. So here we're asking the same question that the Rebbe asked earlier about how is it possible that our Isarusa de la Tata should anchor this Rusa de la Ela. The Rebbe is really asking the same question here. How is it possible that we should say that there's something higher than Yom Kippur and that is Shemini Atzeres? Which is really the polar opposite of Yom Kippur, right? <laughs> Who knows better than us? It's all about Achilo Shtia Gashmis. Who lemaila be madrega mahatainu diamakipurum. Asher boy, ain't a Miss Alim lemaila machilo Shtia. So, how could it be higher than Yom Kippur? where we don't go higher through Achilashtia. How could it be? No, Anumis Alim, we are higher than, we transcend the whole idea of Achilashtia. So how can Shmiyat Saras and Chagasukas, which is so enmeshed with physical, material, corporeal delight, eating and drinking, how can that be higher than Yom Kippur, which transcends all that? He can know. But the explanation is like what we said above. Adarab, on the contrary. Because Sukkis and Shminiatzeres Avoida is an un. It's the Indian of Gashmias, physical dimension, which includes getting involved in eating and drinking. But because Atzmus HaKavana is all about Dir Betachtainim. So Davka on the Yamtiv, when we're eating and we're drinking, Davka on that Yamtiv, do we arrive at and impact the level of Tainuk, Atzmus Lamaila, the essential aspect of above, Etzamanefesh. Now, Lachayr Yesh Lahakshay Sosa. Rabbi says, but we might be asking a question on this. And that is, Acharsha Tainuk Yamakipurim, who are Tainuk have built in Morka, the Mehu Hayisran Bahamaila, Achreza, the Tainuk, the Nefesh Hafeza, the Sukhusheshminetzeres. Okay, so the Rebbe says, okay, I, I explain it to you. But still, still, how could it be? How could there be something higher than the Tainuk Bilti Morka, this unadulterated, pure, pristine, simple level of Yom Kippur? How is it possible? So it explains. We'll understand this by something else that is explained. Something else Alter Rebbe tells us at the beginning of our Parsha. Right? Which we said earlier is connected to to engraving letters, right? Which we know famously is different than writing. When you write something, it can be separated. But in Chakika, you're engraving it in the material itself. 
Hagam she'enon gavor noisaf ala evan So with hakika, you're not adding anything. You're not adding an additional overlay to the stone, to the gem. Ela The words that you're engraving are engraved in the stone itself. Im kolze, enon magiyos lamayla hapshito shala evan hatoiva ba'atzma. But still and all, although the letters are not inked on or embossed on or gilded on, there's no overlay, but still the letters themselves are not on the same level as the simple, untouched, unadored stone. Shehi ba'ifen mushat mikolt sura mamash. Because there's a higher level than the Isis Chakika, and that is where this stone is divorced and divested from anything other. And so too with what we're discussing. Okay, this is this is going to seem confusing at first, but we got this. The pleasure of Yom Kippur which we said is an undiluted, non-dependent pleasure, is bedugmas oisis hachika This is like, or this is aligned with, the words that are engraved, the letters that are engraved in the nefesh, that are engraved of the nefesh itself, like you engrave letters in a stone. But then the next level, of the willing heart, the Chaka Sukos Shmina Tseres, who al derech hapshitus shall even toive ba'atzma, hatainu ka'atzmi de etzem hanefesh mamash. Only Chasidus, Sarah, I see, I see your, I see your brow. So only Chasidus can do this to us, can 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 turn the whole paradigm around, right? Because you would think lechayra. That sukkis would be like the oasis hakikais, and Yom Kippur would be the unadorned, untouched stone. But the Rebbe says no. The atayinuk of Yom Kippur is like the oasis hakika. It's built in Morkov, just like the oasis hakika. Don't involve stone. They don't involve gold. They don't involve any additional material. They're made of the stone itself. It's a very high level a very high level of connection and attachment and tainug milmaila and tainug etzim hanashama v'chuli v'chuli. But here's the crazy paradigm shift. But even higher, like the unadorned stone at all, where nothing is engraved, is dafka, the avoida of the yid, that yes, involves copious amounts of food and drink. And that's even higher. Because that is etzem hakavana. How's this for a meditation when we're cooking? If anybody has looked at the uh, upcoming calendar, we're going to need affirmations, a plenty. Tess, v'zehu gam habir b'zeh she'inyan v'smitzvaysay tishmaru bal achar v'chukaysay telecho. And now we understand why the inyan of mitzvaysay tishmaru comes after v'chukaysay telecho. Because Bechukaisai again is connected to Chakika. Omnam 
It's true. There's nothing additional in Hakika. There's no overlay. And still in all, it doesn't come close to the simplicity of the stone itself when it's not engraved. And therefore, and therefore, the onward progression, the aliyah, the hiluch, telechu, that comes mitzad bichukoise chakika, even though there's no comparison, it is so much more exalted than the forward progression of malachim. But still, our hiluch is still controlled and still limited. But when you talk about doing mitzvahs, Kiyum ha mitzvahs bidvarim gashmiyim, observing mitzvahs dafka with physical things, bechinas un, in the modality of un, negeya ba'atzmus hapshitos shalamayla mahachakika. This touches the atzmus ensoif, this touches the most pristine and simple place that is even higher than hakika, umemela, and therefore maybe la'amitis inin hachiluch. And only this can unlock the true and eternal progression, with no limitations at all, like, like, the, like the Mishnah, it's dafka in on, in what seemed to be the confinement and the constraints of a physical world, yeshna amitis inyan hachiluch. So somewhat counterintuitively, that's where there is the ability to operate on a level where there is no hagbala, there is no limitation at all. And through the avoida of hiluch mitzad bechinus chakika, first going as far as we can on the level of chakika, shayrish hanushama, which is connected to the overture from above. Yachad together with our in this world, our that we do in this world of delineation, in this world of confinement and parameters. We will come, like the parsha concludes, I will walk amongst you. And these words contain both modalities of going, of progressing. Progressing from above downward, and progressing from below upward. And both of these modalities will exist together. And therefore, it is expressed in this um, in this particular cognate, which is which is singular and, and unique, which hints to both hiluchim, both progressions, both from above downward and from below upward. Ad 
until we come, until we come, and again, these are words from this parsha. I will take you in upright fashion. And the word likewise, it talks to two modalities of uprightness. Which is from above downward, hamakabel from below upward, lamaila lamata, lamata lamaila, ushteyan tucholena bekoima achas, and both will be combined in one uprightness, as it were. Asher zehu haschar avor havoida, and this is the schar for the avoida of in bechukaisai telechol, which speaks to the isarusa de leila. Bes mitzvaysay tishmaru, which speaks to the Sarosa de Latata, Sheizgala Bikula Hasida Bikar of Mamash, and all of this will be revealed with the Gaula, the, the, the coming Gaula very, very, very shortly now, Mamash. Rifki, I just I want to first of all thank you. And thank you for um, the dedication at the beginning to our Rifki. And I just want to share that um, as I was listening to you during this um, whole, you know, hour and a quarter, that I kept having an image of Rifki that is not the typical one. People knew her as, you know, this bubbly, um, you know, determined, but, you know, bubbly and, and, and laughing and, um, all over the place. And um, the image that I kept feeling was uh, one time during high school when she was home from, from Pittsburgh, she was learning um, a sicha with my husband that she had learned in school. And I, I couldn't follow it. I have to say, I could not follow it. And my husband was quite amazed at how the grasp that she had of all of the details and I think of that, and I think of something that is very well known about her, was her absolute determination to overcome all obstacles, and she had many, and Baruch Hashem was able to succeed at that way more than anybody could have imagined. And to try to take a little bit of that drive that, that she exemplified, and, uh, and maybe be able to tackle a, a sicha and in that same way. And um, I just, you know, the, the, you know, the yard site and the Neshama has an Aliyah and, and, and should have an Aliyah. And of course, you know, the, the ultimate Aliyah of, of coming back here, uh, the, the, the Lamata that you brought out so, so beautifully, um, Rivki's email signature was everything ends up okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And right after she was nifted, maybe even before the Levi, one of my nieces posted this on our family chat and said, guys, we know what we have to do. It's not okay. It's not the end. So the Ebershter should make it okay for, for everybody and heal everything. And, and may it be now. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Vivi. Amen. It should all already be okay. It should be the end. And all of 
all of the neshamas and all of our loved ones and everyone that we're missing, we should already be together. Amen. 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 Thank, you. Amen. Thank you so much. Wishing everybody a week filled with simchas and besuras taivas, betayv hanir nikla. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rishkaltov. Amen. Thank you. Beautiful.